Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at The Score, and today's episode is presented by Circle K. You could win instant snacks and two VIP tickets to Super Bowl 55. For more details and to play, visit kicktowin.ca. Terms and conditions apply. Well, we are just a few days away from Super Bowl 54. Last week, we went over how to approach the game from a betting standpoint. Today, we're going to discuss specific matchups and who better to do that with than the man who writes the definitive matchups column every week during the season, Evan Silva of Establish the Run. Now, before I bring Evan on, I will say that I have followed Evan's work for a long time. I've talked before about how there's a handful of articles that are must-reads in the fantasy industry. For me, Evan's matchup column tops that list. No matter how much research I do, there's always a couple items that I'm taking away after reading it. So Evan, thank you for joining me today. And I want you to know, I appreciate you helping me become a more accurate fantasy analyst. And just thank you for all the great work you do. Well, Justin MFN Boone, um, <laughs> I would like to say that I've been a, a fan of yours for probably much longer than you know. Because we haven't talked a whole lot in in the past, but I know that you're like you know you're an, an up and comer in the industry, and um, I've followed your rise, and I think you've done an excellent job. You're super super professional, you know. You go out of your way. You help other people. Um, I, I I'm really an, an, an admirer of you and your work, and uh, I'm so glad that uh, tonight we we finally found time to sit down and talk some football, and um, you know, I just this this is a great privilege for me, and uh, I I respect you so much, brother. Well, it's the the mutual admiration society, I guess, tonight on the podcast. But yeah, I feel the same. I appreciate you saying that, and it is a long time coming for for this episode and for yep. us getting to finally have a chat and uh, and get to know each other's backgrounds and all that sort of stuff. All right. Well, before we get into yeah. specific matchups. We're coming up on the end of the NFL calendar. I got to ask you, you made a a big jump last year to start Establish the Run. Mm -hmm. You got a bunch of strong analysts with you. Adam Levitan, one of the best in the business. Pat Thorman, all his awesome snaps and pace breakdowns. Dwayne McFarlane, who's been on the show. We had him on earlier in the season. His utilization report. Brandon Thorne, the offense, defensive matchups, all that work. And now you even have swag. I mean, I saw Pat Thorman tweeted out a picture of a pretty cool-looking hoodie a few weeks back. But now the first year is almost complete. I want to know, how has the experience been for you in year one? Yeah, it was really fun, and it was a very successful year. You know, getting to work again with Adam Levitan, who I worked with at Roto World for a bunch of years, and getting to work for myself rather than a big corporation. Very, very fulfilling situation. And, you know, without going into too much detail, I just suggest to anyone who's listening to this, if they ever get an opportunity like that, just take it. It's just, you know, it, it's it's a life-changing sort of thing. You know, Rotor World slash NBC was a great place to start, and I will always support them. Um, but I, I've never made a decision better in my life to take that opportunity to work with Adam and form our own business together. It was a tough decision at the time. But in hindsight, it was an obvious one for my daughter and I in particular. But it's great to hear. I mean, I love seeing the fantasy industry expand, more jobs getting created. You and I talked a little bit about that before the podcast started. And that also goes for professional football in that world as well. I love seeing the XFL return, more opportunities for players coming out of college. 
Hopefully, Vince McMahon's going to have more success than the AAF did last he year. Will. We all kind of we thought that that was a pretty. Good, I think you agree that was a pretty decent product on the field. They couldn't even make it. One it wasn't season, bad though. at all. It wasn't bad at all. It, it just they didn't have enough money. Yeah, I was yeah, I was surprised and, and impressed at the product on the field that they had. So hopefully we're going to see something similar with the XFL. And established the run's going to be all over it, right? You guys are going to be doing a ton of XFL coverage? Oh, I mean, you, you will not find better XFL coverage than what we're going to be getting at EstablishTheRun.com. Uh, uh, I mean, we've got a Slack chat right now where, I mean, just people are nutty about the the XFL. And, uh, you know, we've we've hired some guys that are – just super intense about it. Like we we know you know depth charts at this point. I mean we're we're way ahead of the game right now with regard to the XFL. And uh, I think that in week one alone, you know like if you're going to be a subscriber to the EstablishTheRun.com uh, XFL package, you probably just make everything that you paid uh, you know for the subscription back in week one. I mean it's like we're going to have a massive edge. We have a massive edge in preseason DFS. And I think that this is going to be even a bigger edge. You know, this is where you get an actual edge. I mean, you don't necessarily get an edge in week six of, you know, DraftKings and, and FanDuel in the regular season. The 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 uh, the prize pools are, are are bigger, but you're going to get an actual edge in this. And um, I'm really excited about it. It's 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 so fun to play with an actual edge because you're likely to win every single week. Well, it's going to be fun. We still got one NFL game to go though, so let's dive into it. This is such an exciting matchup. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, you got the Chiefs passing attack, the 49ers rushing attack, tons of weapons on both sides of the ball. Five of the last seven Super Bowls have seen at least 50 points scored. This game has a massive 54 and a half point total. Are you expecting it to be as high scoring as Vegas seems to be anticipating? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the the rules. I mean, let's let's just get down to the basics. Like the rules of the NFL favor offense, and we're playing this game in Miami. You know, I mean, like the, first of all, that those are starting points for like we don't have to deal with weather, and we're we're dealing with you know a, a sport where the offense is favored, and the total on uh, Niners Chiefs opened at fifty one. It was immediately bet up to fifty four. And even 55 in some spots. And, yeah, I'm, I'm anticipating a fairly high-scoring game. I think the Chiefs' offense is largely matchup proof, especially on the perimeter. The 49ers are going to struggle with uh, Kansas City speed and Patrick Mahomes' ability to make second reaction plays out of structure. The weather is going to be great in the city of Miami. This is the healthiest the Chiefs' uh, offense has been all year. Uh, the 49 And the 49ers have a lot of offensive uh, edges against Kansas City's defense, I think. So, yes, I'm expecting a, a good amount of scoring in this game. I think a 30 to 27, something like that. that that's the uh, the result that I'm looking for. So let's dive into some of this stuff. If it does go over, Mahomes is likely going to be a big reason for that. Yep. I mean, they yep. dealt with injuries all year long. You had Tyreek Hill going down early. You had Damian Williams missing time. He's just back healthy in the last month. Some injuries to the offensive line. Injuries to Mahomes himself. He got banged mm -hmm. up early in the year. He missed some time during the middle of the season. Now they're finally healthy, and when they've been at full strength, Mahomes has been pretty much unstoppable. Yep. In the playoffs, we see him go out 321 and five touchdowns against the Texans, follows it up with 294 and three touchdowns against the Titans. We know the 49ers are a different beast, and in their two yep. playoff games, you know, nine sacks, three picks, one fumble recovery. That front seven is so, so scary, so dangerous. But when Mahomes is playing like this, when that offense is healthy, can anyone slow him down? 
I'm very skeptical. I'm very skeptical that anyone can stop Patrick Mahomes right now because the way he feels out pressure, he's so unflappable in adverse circumstances. Um, and Mahomes, as you mentioned, that he had those uh, that the ankle and the knee injuries early this earlier this season. He's healthy now. He's over 100 rushing yards in two playoff games. Over his last six, he has 13 touchdown passes, two picks, two more rushing scores. He faced the Bears on the road, the Broncos, the Patriots, the Chargers with Derwin James and Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram all healthy. So he hasn't been beating up on bum teams. He's been shredding good and bad defenses alike. And, yeah, I think it's very very fair to characterize him as a matchup-proof player right now. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I think it's going to come down to whether the 49ers can score enough to keep pace with the Chiefs. Okay, so if Mahomes is successful in this one, at least a couple of his weapons are going to have big days as well. We'll talk about Kelsey in a second. First, I want to touch on that receiving core, how they're going to match up with the 49ers secondary. There seems, and you mentioned it earlier, there seems to be a, a distinct speed advantage for guys like Tyree Kill, Miko Hardman especially. But the 49ers secondary has been tough, tough on opposing wideouts. What's your take on how those Chiefs receivers are going to match up with the 49ers in this one? I think on paper, this is probably the biggest matchup advantage that Chiefs have over the 49ers. I think you're going to see a lot of stats this week about how the Chiefs lean on big plays and the 49ers take them away. And I think those are, are you know relevant stats. But for this particular game, I think they're almost irrelevant. First, because... Patrick Mahomes' ability to create big completions after the called plays break down. But even more so because a guy like Tyree Kill and even Nicole Hardman, these guys are bad matchups for Richard Sherman. Sherman is, is six foot three, 200 pounds. And he probably runs a 4-5-4-6 at this stage of his career. Tyreek is 5'10", 185, runs 4-2-9. Mikko Hardman is 5'10", 187, runs 4-3-3. Uh, and the Chiefs made Hardman their third receiver over Demarcus Robinson last uh, in the conference championship week and I think we see Hardman make a big play in the passing game in the Super Bowl and I think it could, it could come against Sherman I think if you're looking for a super super you know deep long shot um, uh, Super Bowl MVP pick McCole Hardman because and he's also going to get touches on uh, on special teams yeah I know that's a that's a big thing like we were talking on the episode last week about you know guys some of the over under stuff and some of the player props and you're looking at Hardman yeah, he's getting work on special teams. You could get a kickoff return. He had one, a touchdown during the season on special teams. He's very interesting. We're going to talk about players very that might be getting overlooked later in the podcast, and I'll spoil it now. He's on my list. I mentioned Kelsey a minute ago. San Francisco allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to tight ends during the regular season, but they gave up pretty big days to almost every good tight end they faced, whether it was Mark Andrews, Jared Cook, Tyler Higby, even Jacob Hollister, they all had quality performances. The only exception might be Austin Hooper, but that was later in the season when Hooper was trying to come back from injury. So I don't know that we really want to count him for that. But what's interesting is this game features the two best tight ends in the league. So there might be a little additional bragging rights on the line here between Kittle and Kelsey. Let's start with Kelsey. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll steal a term from your old podcast with Ross Tucker. Is he going to eat on the big stage here? <laughs> um, my only pause with Travis Kelsey is his health. I think that this knee thing that keeps popping up on the injury report is a bigger, de bigger deal than we know. And even when he destroyed the Texans for three touchdowns and 134 yards in the divisional round, 
you know, he missed a bunch of snaps in the second half of that game. I don't think he was anywhere near 100%. But, yeah, if, he, if he's strong enough physically, I think he can win against Fred Warner and Quan Alexander and Jaquisi Tart in the middle of the field. The 49ers have good linebackers and safeties. But Kelsey is just, I mean, he's, he's such a good route runner. He's so smooth in the passing game. Um, he wins contested, and he wins after the catch, and he has a lot of advantages. I do think that Jaquiski Tart, though, you know, you mentioned that the, uh, the, the 49ers have given up some big games to opposing tight ends, but a lot of those games were when Jaquiski Tart was out. Um, and I think that Jaquiski Tart is a, a difference maker for them in tight end coverage at the same time like i think that travis kelsey is going to win against jacuisky tart so um i don't know i mean it's 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 just you know this is gonna be a great football game dude like th that's why this is a, a a game that is spread you know the the point spread is one or one and a half you know it's like it, it's such a good football game on paper and this is one of the best matchups jacuisky tart against uh travis kelsey i think i keep trying to you know limit my expectations just by thinking back to last year's Super Bowl and it's just mm -hmm. like wait were we saying the same thing before last year's Super Bowl there's a, I think that's just in the back of my mind but I agree with you I think it's gonna be a phenomenal game and I think everyone tends to focus on that Chiefs passing attack but Damian Williams has really stabilized that backfield since he's come back from injury it's been a workhorse oh, yeah. for them like when he was out it was a disaster everybody was hoping that maybe Darwin Thompson would step up LaShawn McCoy's got nothing left in the tank at this point. It isn't a committee anymore. Damian Williams is the guy so involved as a pass catcher. The touchdowns, man, seven touchdowns in four games since returning to the lineup. Only now, he's probably facing the toughest task of anybody on this offense. San Fran gave up the third fewest fantasy points to running backs during the regular season. Then they come out in the playoffs. They shut down the Vikings. And I mean, completely shut down the Vikings. Dalvin Cook had, I think, 18 rushing yards in that game. They go up against the Packers. Aaron Jones had 57 yards or so, but game scripts might have been part of the problem in both of those contests for the rushing attacks and the opposing teams, but this is still a very tough front to run on. Do you see a path to production for Williams, or do you think that the 49ers are just going to continue to dominate against the ground attack? No, I think there's definitely a path to production for Damian Williams, simply because of the offense in which he plays. I actually like... You know, if we're talking about uh, Super Bowl MVP, like long shots, I think that Damian Williams should be in that conversation. If you're playing on DraftKings uh, as a, you know, a showdown slate captain, I think that he is a, a pretty interesting pick there. He's obviously nowhere near a favorite in, in, in either of those regards, but the Chiefs showed in their previous two playoff games that they want Damian on the field as much as possible. And the 49ers run a wide nine front that sets up Nick Bosa and D Ford out wide to enhance their pass rush angles. And this is a defense that at times has been run on this season. Go back and look at, you know, uh, Kenyon Drake in particular had monster games against this defense. And overall, the, the Niners should be a lot more worried, I think, about Patrick Mahomes, you know, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, et cetera, than the Chiefs running back. So, yeah, I think that Damian Williams could surprise with a very, very big game. He actually has played in five career playoff games. He's one of the most experienced uh, playoff players that, that is involved in this game at all. He has nine touchdowns in five career playoff games. Actually uh, scored a touchdown with uh, Miami in that, um, what was that, the, the Matt Moore against, uh, the, was it the Steelers, <laughs> where they just got absolutely destroyed. But, I mean, he... You know, he was the main back in that game, and he has not come off the field barely uh, in the last two games for the Chiefs.
And even if they slow them down on the ground, like mm-hmm. if they're focused on trying to take away some of the, the deep threats and if the Chiefs decide to go into the short game, Williams could pick up a lot of catches and could put up a decent yardage total there. And then we know what he can do with the touchdowns. I totally agree with you on that one. Let's flip over to the 49ers side. When we're talking about run defense here, that's an area where the Chiefs defense can be a little more susceptible, right? But they did a decent job limiting Derrick Henry at just 69 yards in the AFC Championship. Are they going to be able to do what the Vikings, what the Packers completely failed to do and actually slow down this Kyle Shanahan rushing game that produced Raheem Mostert had 220 yards Mm -hmm. in the NFC title game. They had 180 combined rushing yards from their backs against the Vikings. And I'll say we're recording this Tuesday night and this goes for the Kelsey stuff too. We don't know what Tevin Coleman's status is. He's got that shoulder injury. I'm confident that Kelsey's going to play in the game, but just in case anything pops up later in the week, we don't know about that yet. But Evan, what are you expecting from that 49ers run game in the Super Bowl? Well, I think this is actually one of the keys to the game. But I, I do not think that the 49ers are going to be able to like just impose their will with the running game as they were able to against Green Bay. Um, Green Bay was just soft up front, man. I mean, you know, they, they never should have cut Mike Daniels before the season. They played just the way that they played. They were willing to concede running game production. And I think that's fine. But there's a cliff where you can't you can't fall off that cliff. And, I mean, they would only play one linebacker at a time, Blake Martinez. And their only good run defender up front really was uh, 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 Kenny Clark. And, you know, I mean, Zadaria Smith and Preston, these guys are pass rushers. And they just had nothing to combat run defense. And, I mean, I think that's fine in general. Like, if you're allowing 4.6 yards per carry or something, you can't allow, like, 8 yards per carry. Like, you know, like – Th- then then what's going to happen is exactly what happened to you in the conference championship game where why wouldn't they stop running against you because they're going to have success time after time after time again so um and i think the chiefs are are a, a better run defense than you know if you look at football outsiders or if you look at you know a bunch of different metrics like you know season long metrics they're a better run defense than they've shown uh, the, uh, over their last uh, six games, they've allowed 3.89 yards per carry and three rushing TDs to opposing RBs. Uh, and that includes a schedule of Derrick Henry, Melvin Gordon, Carlos Hyde, Austin Eckler, Duke Johnson, David Montgomery, Tariq uh, Cohen, Philippe, uh, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkett. So, you know, not the easiest schedule. And they have done a good job in run defense for a month and a half. And at the end of the day, I'm personally betting on Kyle Shanahan to exploit gaps in the Chiefs' defense. But you're going to hear this week, I think, that the Chiefs can't stop the run. And I'd say that's that's kind of false. They've been actually very good against the run for about two months, including the bye weeks. They've they, you know they, they've stopped a lot of good running games during that during that stretch. And you talked about it with the 49ers that. Part of the reason that their offense has looked the way it's looked the last couple of weeks is because that run game was so successful, right? They didn't have to throw the ball. So a guy like George Kittle hasn't really been needed very much in the playoffs. I wonder, though, whether that's going to change in this game because they could get yeah. into a situation, right, where yep. they're going to be forced to take to the air, to, whether it's to keep up with Mahomes, whether it's to catch up to the Chiefs, whatever it is. And prior to the playoffs, Kittle had at least 70 yards in eight of his last 10 regular mm-hmm. season games. So it seems to me like he's in for a big day here. It seems like you agree as well. 
Oh, dude, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you're playing um, like showdown slate, like you, you need to be looking at guys that have not produced lately, and therefore their uh, their salaries are down, and you know people are going to fade them because of the box scores. And George Kittle checks like every single box there. Um, he's in, an, an absolute stud, and I, I think that we can start with a projected total on this game. First of all, it's basically a pick'em game, so the likelihood that it's a blowout, like how the 49ers did the Vikings and the Packers, that's probably not going to happen this week. You know, that's not going to repeat itself. The 49ers are going to have to trade blows. They're going to have to score points. They're going to have to play this game aggressively. The Chiefs got killed by tight ends all year long. Um, I mean, they're not good at linebacker. They're not very good at safety. Uh, especially on DraftKings, I think George Kittle is a classic, like, fade recency bias play who could break the slate. He's another guy I would look at as a longer shot Super Bowl MVP pick and or uh, showdown captain on, on DraftKings. I think that he is, you know, maybe the best play out of anyone, um, you know, whether you're talking about sports betting, whether you're talking about uh, playing guys on DraftKings. I still can't believe I'm in a the – the dynasty league with a, a bunch of other analysts mm-hmm. and I got Kittle off the waiver wire. He didn't even get drafted oh, in that league. I can't believe that that happened. And now I'm set at that position for a while. Just well, having you, a guy you, you, like you that. Should, you should send a, a Christmas card to Kirk Ferentz for, for never calling passing <laughs> plays at George Kittle, you know, <laughs> pretty much you have Kittle. Who's the de facto number one pass catcher in the offense. Debo Samuel though, has really come on, especially in the second half of the season. Impressive stuff for a rookie. What's maybe more impressive, though, is he's only had a couple really big receiving performances. Mm-hmm. It's actually been the rushing production that's mm-hmm. kept him fantasy relevant, you know, with decent yardage totals, you know, in the receiving game, and then pretty good rushing production from him. They're finding ways to get the ball into his hands. Do you think that that trend's going to continue in yeah. Miami? Are, are we going to see him? Are we going to see the rookie make a, an impact on this game? I mean, why not? You know, like, first of all, what you want to do when you're playing the Chiefs, you just want to, like, challenge their linebackers over and over and over again. You know, uh, Anthony Hitchens and, you know, all, all these guys that are playing in the middle of the field, like, those are the guys that you really want to go after. And Debo Samuel is a great way to do that. Debo Samuel is going to juke any Chiefs linebacker out of his shoes, out of his jock in the middle of the field. Damian Wilson... You know, I mean, he, he, has, he's, he has such an athletic advantage, and he's so physical, too. Like, he will run over guys. Debo Samuel is – I think he's, he's an awesome, awesome player, and I think he doesn't get enough um, credit for, how, you know, how, how big of a difference that he's made this year. People focus on Emmanuel Sanders because he had, like, two really big games. Debo Samuel has been much more consistent, has made more big plays by far, on, on fewer opportunities than has uh, Emmanuel Sanders since that Emmanuel Sanders trade. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I think he gets at least three rushing attempts in this game. Look look up a, a, a prop for how many rushing attempts does Debo, Debo Samuel get. Let's bet the over on that. How about that? I, I think I saw it, and it might have been last week. I don't know if it's changed. I think it was like point five. I swear to God, I think it was extremely, oh God, extremely low. It was like that five. low. I will bet the the house in my parents' house and my grandparents' <laughs> house over 0.5 is 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 lock city. Any yeah. strong feelings about the the rest of the 49ers pass catch? I mean, you touched on Emmanuel Sanders mm-hmm. there, or about Jimmy Garoppolo, who we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, um, I mean Garoppolo has been you know he's been up and down. Um, I'm kind of uh, you know kind of uh, committed a little bit to 
Miko Hardman and the Chiefs defense. And so I, I have a little bit of a bias against uh, Garoppolo. But I, I can't, I mean, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. So I'm going to build, you know, DK lineups that have Garoppolo, uh, you know, uh, connected to Kittle and, you know, maybe even Debo Samuel. I would say the strongest feeling that I have just after looking at pricing, because pricing is so important on, on you know, on, on, on these, on these uh, yep. uh, DFS sites. Emmanuel Sanders' price on DraftKings is ridiculous. It's so low. It's like, I don't know, it's like in the fours, I think, on DraftKings. It's around, I think it's around five, yeah. Yeah, like low five. And look, he's been he's been very very boomer bust, and and he's he's had way more bust than he than he has had booms. But like at his price, I think that it's you know it's time to to really pull the trigger on him, and um. You know, it's not the greatest matchup. I mean, the Chiefs have not given up, you know, a ton of production to opposing wide receivers, et cetera, et cetera. But I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. And I think that Emmanuel, like, they're going to call, you know, he's going to get, like, seven targets. Like, I think it's a lock that he gets, like, between five and eight targets. And he has big play ability. They give him big play chances. They call big play opportunities for Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, Kyle Shanahan loves Emmanuel Sanders. You know, it, it hasn't been a, a matter of that, you know, for why he hasn't, you know, had a ton of big games. Um, but I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm excited for this game, Justin Boone. Last question. We'll get you out of here on this one. In the preview episodes throughout the year, we normally end the show by asking who's being overlooked that week. It is very, very hard to fly under the radar for the Super Bowl. There's so much coverage for it. But from a fantasy perspective, is there anybody that you see that's being overlooked? It could be somebody that we already mentioned, like Miko Hardman. Yeah, well, I think the obvious answers are uh, Miko Hardman. You know, a bunch of guys that we hit on. Um, Matt Breida. That is who is on my list. I Dude, think so. it's, are you serious? And it depends on Coleman. Obviously, it depends it, on his it, status. It depends on Coleman. But look, here's here's the thing about Breida. He could get seven touches, and he could get like 120 yards out of that. You know, like that's in his range of potential outcomes. Obviously, in all likelihood, he gets like three touches for like 14 yards. Like that's how I would project him if we're doing like a projection system. But man, this dude has massive big playability. He's got a good matchup. He's got a guy in front of him who's injured and um, no one's going to play him. So speak to me, Justin Boone. I mean, he's dirt cheap. If Coleman's out, then obviously has a great chance to go off. If even if Coleman's healthy you know even if he's in the game i don't think he's gonna be 100 percent. but we've seen at any moment any one of these backs they, they'll ride the hot hand kyle shanahan is not scared to go with whoever is producing so you could see a situation where coleman's banged up even if if monster you know doesn't get banged up in the game or something like obviously if monster got hurt you could see that situation where if coleman's matt Breida out- comes out here on carry one and breaks like you know a 17 yard gain you know then they probably give him to the next play against four. And then he gains like 51. Like we're going to get like, you know, Anahan 16 touches out of Matt Breida. You know, and like everyone will be pulling their hair out the fantasy community. Right. But yeah, it could happen. And he's so dirt cheap, right? Like it, he's, he's the guy there. I'm glad you said that as well. Cause yeah. I think he's the guy there or, you know, you could say like Miko Hardman or yeah. anyone associated with Patrick Mahomes in that receiving sure. game. You could have sure. anybody pop Demarcus up. Demarcus Robinson. That's part of the Mahomes match. Somebody right? probably gets rich off of Demarcus Robinson, and we just all hate ourselves, and then <laughs> you know we move on to XFL. 
Yeah, it's it's Byron Pringle's <laughs> big day. He's the the secret MVP. All right, that's all for today's show, Evan. Outstanding stuff as always. I'm glad we finally got to do this. I really appreciate you joining me, and good luck with everything at Establish the Run, man. Thanks, brother. So, thanks so much for uh, for bringing me on, and uh, salute to you, man, for uh, crushing the accuracy every single year. Cheers. Appreciate that. Go and follow Evan on Twitter, at Evan Silva. Remember to check out all my content on the Score app. Give a listen to some of the other great shows on the Score Podcast Network. I'll be back later in the week with one more Super Bowl preview episode. But until then, big thanks to Evan. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said leave on time.